Hey guys, welcome back to The Noble Broker. Today we have a bit of a special episode. Normally, I'm your host, Jonathan Lickstein, but today I'm going to be your guest. We have a special edition episode. I'm going to be talking to you, going through my whole story, how I got into real estate, how I became the person I am today, and whatever we can find and mix in in between. It's going to get a little interesting. So let's think about this. Going back to when we were kids, as we become adults, we're not really the person that we were when we first started, when we first became an individual on this journey of life. When I started, when I was a kid, I was that kid holding on to my parents' legs, hiding behind them, not wanting to interact or converse with strangers. And if you know me now, you know that's not how I am. So when you focus on reprogramming this machine, like you, you decide that you want to change who you are and, and the inner being that you are and how you interact with the world, you can change that natural tendency. It takes a couple things, like making a decision and committing to it. But we're going to go through a lot of that as we get through here. I've made a few notes so I don't miss things because there's some really impactful events that I've gone through in my life that have shaped who I am today. And if this can help just one of you listening out there or impact one of you in a positive way, then I did my job and I'm good with that. So uh, let, let's, let's go back to the beginning. When you're a kid, you want to be something. And throughout life, we, we think about that we want to do one thing. You might want to be a firefighter, a police officer, whatever it is, that one true calling, quote unquote calling. Uh, but in reality, that changes. You know, we live life, we gain experiences, we encounter other people. Uh, for me, I wanted to be a mechanical engineer when I was growing up. That's not something you wake up in fifth grade and say, I'm going to be a mechanical engineer. No, it, it kind of developed. And I loved cars and I loved design and I, I wanted to design cars. So mechanical engineering was the specialty for that. But what you think it is, isn't in reality what the practice is. So I did an internship during college and absolutely hated what I was doing, absolutely hated the people I was working with and said, this isn't for me. So I made a shift. When you decide that you don't like something that's going on, it's on you to make that change. And I decided to do that. But that didn't happen so easily. And you know, sometimes in life you find your path in a different way. So one quote that I want to go back to is kind of how I've, I've lived life. It's don't think about what could go wrong. Think about what could go right. So many of us are hesitant to make a change or decide to do something because of fear, just plain old fear and not wanting to know the uncertainty of the action that we're about to take. But don't think about all the negatives that could come out of it. Think about what you could gain, the experience that you could earn, you could learn from, and you can continue to better your life and your own persona as you go through these experiences. So that transition period, switching from mechanical engineering into transitioning to business. Uh, I was at the time at school at Georgia Tech in Atlanta studying mechanical engineering when I decided this isn't who I am. This isn't what I want to do. I'm lost and going back to being that person who didn't have a pathway in life. So I decided, hey, I've got a full ride to the University of Florida. Go Gators at the time. Not a fan anymore. Sorry, guys. But I was transitioning into either pre-law or business at University of Florida. But this little impact of the timing of that change, I had a semester in between. So what was I going to do in that semester? Wasn't going to sit around and do nothing. I said, I'm going to travel. So I left. I left the country. And not being afraid of what could go wrong, thinking about positive life experiences, I took a trip and said yes to go to Central America. 
and moved to a little island off the coast of Honduras called Roatan. Might have heard of it. If you haven't looked it up, look it up. Beautiful beaches, scuba diving, tourist capital, fantastic place to go and visit. Notice how I said visit. So I get down there, life is great, scuba diving, drinking at 1 p.m., you know, the life of a Caribbean island. And selling real estate was something I just fell into. I actually started off running a deli in a very expat area of the island. An expat community are uh, Americans, Canadians, Europeans who relocate and move to a foreign country. And it's a little community of foreign individuals that now interact with each other in this little micro community, we're going to call it. Anyway, so I'm running this deli. Next door is this real estate office. And eventually I decide, hey, this isn't a vacation. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to school. I'm trying something different. Let's see what the path of life has for me. So I had an interview with this real estate company, these guys that would come in and eat lunch, et cetera. Sat down with them, had an interview and said, guys, I, I kind of want to live here. How do I find a real job? Like, where can I do something that's going to have a pathway for me? Because I need to see future. I need to see potential. I need to see opportunity. And I started working with them the, that Friday of that week. Fast forward five years, I'm in real estate on the fastest growing company on the island. We're doing property management, long-term rentals, kind of featured myself as a little bit of the mayor not in a sense where I ran for political office, but if you walked around and you needed to live on the island, you wanted to live on the island, every single person was going to give you my business card. And how did I do that? By changing who I was, by changing how I interacted with other people. And you can make that decision too. I don't care how introverted or extroverted you are. You can make that decision to have that impact. What I did was made a push and every place that I went, every person that I interacted with, I thought about how could I help them, not how they could help me, and made sure they had my card, my number, my text, my socials, everything by the time I left that conversation. So they knew and they felt somewhat, not really indebted to, but kind of a certain obligation or a certain moral obligation that, hey, this guy helps me. He's always happy to jump. If I have something that can help him, I'm going to do that. So the moral of that story is going from being this shy kid who really didn't want to talk to people into having to be this extrovert like so many are in real estate and making that transition. You can be anybody that you want to be. I am an example of that. You don't have to have some magical event that happens to make that change, but you have to decide to make that change. How everybody makes that change can be different. It doesn't happen the same for everybody. It can either come from a series of events that kind of lead towards it. For me, it was more of an epiphany. It was a one singular moment that I, I had something happen. It was like, wow, kind of knocks you back a little bit and makes you think, what do I need to do to change that? How can I change that? And naturally fight your individual tendencies and those thought processes you have in your head. Where did it start for me? That was in Central America. I was down there trying to establish myself and admittedly, in the beginning, I wasn't having a lot of success like so many new agents have when they hit the marketplace, especially in a foreign country where you don't speak the language even, let alone know anybody or have a network there. So I decided that doing the same thing over and over again and not having success, what's that definition? That definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. I wanted to change that outcome, so I had to change. So I took some time, self-reflection, thinking about actions and events I've been, I've been exposed to in my life. I mean, some really 
traumatic, lifelong affecting things. Uh, imagine being in front of both of your parents when you're 13 years old and needing to tell one of them you want to live with them and the other one you don't as an introverted kid. That's a tough, life-changing experience. And not wanting to feel that again is a cause to make that life change. You have an opportunity, no matter how drastic or how simple that individual circumstance was, it's on you to make that change and make it a habit. Every single day doing something that's outside of your comfort zone will change the way that you think and naturally react to things. I can tell you that from personal experience. You make that decision. One big thing is if you're trying to change your entire being, don't think about having to change absolutely everything overnight because that is a true, serious undertaking. Small steps will help you accomplish a larger goal. Let's say your goal is to relocate to Alaska from Florida. That's a big undertaking. You can't do it all at once. Break that down into smaller steps. It's not the same transition that everybody will need to make. Small steps. Do some research about areas to live. Do some research about employment opportunities. And I'm putting things in perspective for you in a different way. I mean, that's different than making kind of an, an inner life change. But the easiest thing is if you're someone who doesn't experience life, doesn't take opportunity to go do things and give yourself a chance to live and experience life. God, there's not a better way to put that. When your body and your mind automatically tell you that you should be saying no to something, think about it a different way. There's no excuse for you saying no. And something I've lived by over the last couple of years is say yes, unless you have a real reason to say no. So if somebody gives you an opportunity saying, hey, would you like to go down to West Palm Beach with me tonight where a couple of us are meeting up? Do you have a real reason and attraction for you to go? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. It doesn't really matter where they're going. It doesn't really matter who else is going. Unless you have another obligation, take advantage of that opportunity and go. Who knows who you'll meet? Who knows the funny stories that'll come out of it? Who knows if there might be an additional opportunity when you're actually there? You just don't know. But I will tell you, if you say no, you know what will happen. Nothing. So take advantage of that opportunity. I've digressed quite a bit, so let's go back. I'm in real estate in Central Florida. I've just jumped in. I'm doing property management, vacation rentals, nothing serious, right? But changing that personality completely gave a 180 to my business, completely. I went from being somebody kind of struggling to make ends work and having to have that bottom line to the second highest grossing realtor on the island, second only to the owner of the company I was working with. So you can't really outgrow that. But what causes you to transition even further than that? Yes, you're finding success, but don't be complacent with where you are. There's always another play. There's always another step. And for me, that step was making a transition and going from somebody who is led to becoming a leader myself. And sometimes that change isn't as drastic or glaring to you. You might have to think about something that happens. You might, something might happen and all of a sudden you reflect on it like, wow, I drove that. Wow, I had an impact on that person. They made a decision because of me. I'm not the one following anymore. Now the shoe is on the other foot. So for me, it was taking that leap of faith and stepping out of my comfort level and taking advantage of an opportunity that was presented in front of me to come back to the United States, to come back to South Florida and hit a much larger, larger marketplace. As I mentioned before, being the second highest grossing in the area that I was, you can't really get much better than that other than staying status quo and just continuing to make money and live life.
but there's certain life circumstances that happen that make you want to change. I had just had uh, my oldest son was born there in Honduras. And you look at the future. You have a baby that's becoming a toddler. Is what life is going to be there for this person? What am I doing now to create opportunity for them? That right there overnight becoming a parent changed my mindset from being the follower to I have this person that's going to rely on me for the rest of their life. I need to change that and become more of a leader. So sometimes it's life circumstances. Sometimes it's just a mental decision. So now I've made that decision. I'm coming back up. I'm taking advantage of an opportunity that was presented to me in Florida. Okay. Now we're here. I'm transitioning my geographic location. I'm transitioning where I'm located and the size of the marketplace that I'm being exposed to and, and becoming a quote unquote leader in a new venue in a new atmosphere, getting to that point. The best piece of advice I can give you is reflection in 2018 and 2019, after being back for a few years, I went through uh, a leadership academy on a local level through my local realtor association, and then at the state level through the state's realtor association. And the biggest piece that I got out of those courses were self-reflection. You can go through life just kind of being reactive to the circumstances in front of you, to the events in front of you, to the questions in front of you. And it caused me to reflect back on how that has changed me. And we read a book that I'm going to suggest to you. It's called The Traveler's Gift. Uh, and this book was all about self-reflection. It followed the protagonist in the story, reliving life experiences and how that correlated to great leaders of our history, great leaders of our past, and lessons that he took away from each one. And that caused me to go through this incredibly emotional journey, looking back at life's decision. And at that time, let's see, 2019, uh, geez, five years. So I was 31 at the time. Looking back at how decisions from when I was 12 and 13 years old have completely shaped the person who I ended up becoming 15, 18, 20 years later, it's, it's really impactful. So I, I, I urge you to, to look back at how some of your decisions impact your life. And then when a decision is placed in front of you to say yes or say no, to say left or say right, to up, down, this person or that person, this job or that job, how that decision can have a snowball effect and, and just affect the pathway of your life and what's put in front of you for years to come. I mean, every one of us can probably look back at the decision we made for college some are presented with one opportunity of where they can go. Some three, four, five, even six if they apply to a bunch of schools. And the school you choose changes the pathway of your life. If you decide, like myself, in front of your parents, I want to go with this person or that person, that was the single first decision that changed the entire pathway of my life. I come from a, a, a family on my father's side of multi-generation, everybody's an attorney. So if I pick that side inevitably I was probably becoming an attorney, which some might say would probably have been a good move for me. But the other side is what I chose. So that's the pathway I fell. That's the pathway I followed. And that's what ultimately has put you in the position you are today. You can never go back. You can never regret the decision that you made because you'll just beat yourself up about it. But it is a mind-blowing experience to look back at the experiences and the decisions that you've made and how that impacted everything. Now we're at the point of I've moved back from outside the country to the United States. I've got a significant other. I've got a child that's three years old at this point. 
and you're kind of forced to become more than you might be at that moment or more than you think of yourself at that moment. At this point is where I had a self-realization. I'm a father now. I don't care how old or young you are. At this point, I think I'm 24 years old. And I have to go from being the follower and the person that was taken care of into this responsibility role of being a father, being a, being a provider for my family, and needing to switch that mindset from being a follower to a leader and take control of where my life was going and where life was going to present opportunities for my kid. I mean, you, you're forced at whatever age you start having kids to, quote unquote, start adulting and think about the other people in your life that are impacted by your decisions. And this was part of the pre precipitous that caused me. This is part of the, the trigger that made me want to move and come back to the United States to relieve the cap and the risk of where I was and look for something greater. And that was the opportunity I was presented back here in the United States. So this is my point of transition into what I'd say is hitting the top of a ladder, jumping over to another one where you're on a lower rung, but you're right back on a much taller ladder. What I mean by that is sometimes you have to change your setting, the company you work for, the area where you are, or the people that you're surrounded by to increase the level of the ladder or increase the height of the ladder that you can continue to climb, whether that's a physical ladder, a proverbial ladder, or a corporate ladder, whatever that means to you. Sometimes you just need to see how much is in front of you instead of feeling comfortable at the top of the ladder of comfort where you already are. So this is a point of transition. And a big part of this transition has to do with, regardless of who you are, people that are influential to you in your life. At a young age, we look up to our parents primarily. Or if your parents aren't around, maybe an uncle, maybe a father figure or a mother figure that's influential in your life when you're young. And that person might stay consistent throughout your entire life. But for me, that changed quite a bit. I mean, as a child, I was either with my mother or my father. So who did I look up to? usually my older brother, or that's that individual parent that was there. But as life experience continued on, I was living away from home for high school, going off to college. You know, we all have times where we're in different places and don't have consistency of the influential people around us. And you have to latch on to somebody. And that can be remote. It could still be your parents by phone. For me, it was somebody in front of me who I saw finding success, who I saw being respected by those around them who I saw having an impact on others in his world, his or her world around them. And for me, I'm going to do a little bit of a shout out. During my time in Honduras, it was, it was an individual actually from South Florida. His name is Mike Carter. I still talk to him to this day, and he had a tremendous impact on my life and helped make me the person that I grew to before I left Roatan, before I left Honduras. He taught me the important, importance of the consumer experience the importance of demanding a certain level of perfection, not perfection, but professionalism and what a consumer would expect, uh, efficiency being a, primier, a premier uh, objective of his, and most of all, caring about and bringing up the staff that worked for him around him. And what was crazy is the staff in Honduras went everything from uh, low income of local individuals that were working as housekeepers and maintenance people and administrative staff in the office, all the way to his business partners and expat real estate agents that were selling there, myself and this other woman I worked with, uh, Liz, uh, who is British. She was always a pleasure of my day. 
But Mike taught me a lot of these life lessons that I still carry with me today and I still value his input. Uh, we actually ran into each other in San Diego at a National Association of Realtors conference. And man, it was great catching up. It was great to touch base and see where we had both gotten to from where we were back then. Uh, and it's just, it's a really interesting kind of 360 conversation to have. But he was a mentor in that time of my life, which was a pretty impactful time of my life in, in a short five years, becoming a father, growing from nothing to something, having not enough to even put food on the table for my kid when I first moved out. Like there's, there's a lot of life lessons you can gain from those around you. And I would not have been able to grow to that point without the trust and confidence of that mentor. So don't be afraid to let somebody in when you're in a time of life where it might be something that impacts you much bigger than you could possibly expect. And fast forward today, took advantage of that opportunity and coming back to the United States, the mentor who's had been most influential in my life here is the CEO of my current company. It's, it's Nathan Klutznik. He is the, my second dad, my third dad, my Florida dad, he likes to call it, but having such an impact and helping me transition, having an entire family in Central America and coming back to the United States, this big unknown and not being afraid of, again, what could go wrong, but thinking about how much this, this could positively impact my family and my future and the future of my child. So opening and letting people in can drastically change the outcome and the pathway that you create for yourself in life. Don't be afraid of it. Uh, one thing that has always stuck with me since I made that mental switch has been uh, maintaining a positive attitude and kind of going with the flow or rolling with the punches. You hear those quotes thrown around all the time. The main thing to know is you can't control everything and everything in life can bring you anxiety, can bring you stress, can bring you frustration. But think about what you can control and focus on those. Forget everything else. If you can't control what happens with it, get it out of your mind. It's only gonna drive you crazy. Think about what you can control and make a decision to that effect and you'll continue moving forward. Um, when you get to that point, of transitioning and going from those who follow to those who lead. You have a tremendous responsibility and a tremendous opportunity at the same time. You have the ability to leave an impact on others and become that mentor to which you used to be the mentee. If you are always thinking about how can I help someone else, you will never reach a cap on how successful you can be as an individual, both emotionally and professionally. There's two types of leaders that are out there. Those who find success by bringing others, by taking advantage of others, and those who find success by making others successful. If you always think about how can I help this person achieve their goals? How can I help this person succeed in their pathway and what their ultimate objective is? You in turn will have it come back to you. Floating boats always rise to the top. As long as you are bringing them along on your boat or you're staying with their boat, you'll come up along just as, just as far as they're going to as well. But an important piece to remember is you must always stay educated. You must always keep learning. How much does it frustrate you when you have an agent you're working with that's been in the business 25 years and you get through and you have to argue about a term on the clause because they didn't stay up on the education of the last two years or the last two revisions that came through on the contract? Never stop learning. Always keep educating yourself. You never know everything. Now, recently, 
in the real estate industry. No, you know what? We're going to push that a little bit to the end. We're going to go through a couple transitions and what has happened in the real estate industry. Um, but don't be afraid on going on a non-traditional route. It's, there's not a cookie cutter resolution to finding success in real estate. And I am a prime example. I started doing vacation rentals and property management in Central America that has no affiliation connection, no network. I didn't even speak the language when I got there. That is not a traditional route, but you find a pathway. If you want to truly make that work, you will find a way to make that work and carve your own path. Location, this company I'm with, I'm working with right now. This is a perfect example. If we followed along like everybody else, we would be in the same pathway as everybody else. We are a perfect example of seeing an opportunity and finding that vision and carving our own little, our own segment within it and not following the traditions of those big box brokerages. It's easier when you embrace the industry and carve your own path, like take a little idea and run with it instead of following what has been conventionally known to be successful in the past. And coming into the industry as a new agent is a perfect example of that. Those who come in think they have to educate in a classroom profusely over and above two, three, four weeks. I've seen people in the classroom for three to six months following somebody else around because they think they need to copy that person to be successful. And that's just not the case. You need to be able to be someone who can take an idea. Here's what's done or how it's done right now and run with it. How can I use my past experiences or my past education or my past success even in a different industry to apply to that idea and make it something that's unique for me? And you will find success in that venue. I promise you. Don't think you have to copy somebody else to be successful. Now, we're going to go into kind of a fun segment of, of this podcast. We're going to go into what I've seen change since I got into the industry in 2005 from 05 to 2023, how it's changed or evolved and where it might be going to kind of give you a snippet. So you're going to hear this unfiltered from me, Jonathan Lickstein, aka the Noble Broker, aka the Broker Lick. You're going to hear it from me. So first off, let's start with technology. Technology is a term that's just thrown around in our industry. It's just thrown around. Now, I just said industry, but I'm going to catch myself right there. We are not in the real estate industry. We are in the real estate profession. I am a real estate professional because we go through education. We have a license. We have a specialized set of knowledge. We're not working in the industry. We're working in a profession. And get that through your head and get that out to your consumers and your coworkers because we are professionals. We specialize in something and we can impact somebody's life using that education. But I digress. Going back to technology. <clears throat> Since 2005, you think about where we were. We had flip phones. We were texting with the, the silly tap, tap five, four times to get to a certain letter or a certain accent mark. And the evolution of smartphones, the evolution of tablets and laptops and Bluetooth uh, and virtual tours and mobile applications and promoting listings online and virtual tours through COVID has, has completely revolutionized the way that we do business. I mean, go back pre-05, you're talking about the old MLS books where you'd have to go pick up the properties that were active and it wasn't updated on the fly like we have right now. We're spoiled. We're living in a fantastic time to be alive. We're living in a fantastic time to be a real estate agent, to be a real estate professional. 
and have access at our fingertips. Not only do we have that access, but consumers have that access. We can see trends in the marketplace, comparative, uh, comparative properties on the fly, adjust our pricing. God, we're not even getting into the artificial intelligence and virtual staging aspect of pieces here. Think about how much we can do with that right now. Embrace technology that's out there. You know, going back the last couple of years, we had the evolution of social media started with MySpace. And if you weren't on MySpace, people were, were kind of looking at you funny. And now let's transition into Facebook, Instagram, even TikTok now. The big lesson learned is to reflect on how did I handle Facebook? How did I handle Instagram? How did I handle TikTok? And, and start to embrace technologies as they come out to you. And the big one on hand right now is artificial intelligence. It is chat GPT. It is, it's big. It's big. So many people are afraid of it. So many realtors are afraid of it. So many industry professionals are afraid of it. Don't be. Educate yourself on what capabilities are there. Take that idea and start to run with it. There are infinite possibilities on how you can display or, inf or make your business more efficient by embracing this technology. Think about an, a, a consumer not working with a chat bot, but working with something that speaks like, like a human being, like speaks like an extension of you, can bring you on-demand market stats filtered and cur curated by you, on-demand to consumers like they're talking to you, while you're out working with another customer face-to-face, -face, building a relationship, using money-making actions with your time. There are infinite possibilities, and I promise you this AI is smarter than all of us put together but we can make it smarter by leveraging what you already know to, to utilize and leverage that AI technology for much, much more. What has changed in the housing market? I mean, we have gone through everything from top to bottom, soup to nuts since 2005. In 2005, we had incredible fluctuations in market statistics. We had that big mortgage crisis of 2008 where you could have a paycheck and own 12 homes. That wasn't sustainable and we had just property values inflating so high because there was such a demand for people to buy properties, we couldn't build them and put them on the market fast enough. Something had to change and there was a massive decline in home values. We experienced that. Lending requirements changed. The market has rebounded. Home values recovered. Lending restrictions have caused us to be in a much safer space today. You think about where we were during, during COVID-19 and market values went back up and they exceeded where we were in 2008. They pumped all the way up through and then they had to deflate or come back down a little bit again. But we're in a healthy period of growth right now. Some economists will say that there's going to be a market crash. I don't see that happening. I just don't see it. You've seen a slight correction, which has to happen. But if you look, as history will teach us, history has a tendency to repeat itself. Over time, real estate never goes down. You might see it spike up and drop temporarily, but then we'll have a healthy period of growth. And not only will we make it back to that quote unquote perceived elevated value, but we exceed that and we go past it. There is no 20-year gap that you can take historically in real estate where in the end it went down. It not only hit the previous, but it exceeded the previous. And we're experiencing that right now. 
So don't be hypercritical of where our interest rates are right now, where our market values are right now. Unless you're turning around and trying to flip, in the end, real estate's a place to invest your money. And in the end, you will win. Sustainability is a new category. There has been a lot more awareness lately on sustainability and energy efficiencies and smart homes. And you're seeing new builders come in and focus more on the green rating of the property because that's where consumers are focusing more and more. Incorporating green spaces into communities, using eco-friendly materials and more insulated materials that will help save energy. Smart homes that can adjust to programming and control. That's what consumers are looking for. And that's mostly because we're transitioning demographics of our consumers. You know, the boomers are not a major part of our marketplace anymore. You're much more into the millennials and getting into the Gen Zs, where if energy efficiency and being eco-efficient and being in a more sustainable, constructive build is more and more important, the quality of life, uh, the green space around the areas where we move to are becoming more and more important which we saw during COVID as people moved out of the high density cities like New York, like Fort Lauderdale, like Miami, and have moved to more rural atmospheres. Uh, Miami-Dade County, Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach actually accounted for almost a third of the relocations within the state of Florida just from those tri-county areas. And that's people trying to get out of the higher density and move to where they have a better quality of life. That might be from the eco-friendly aspect of things. It might be an affordability aspect. It might be the work from home capability that we've seen so much more in, in industries across, across the nation. Investments, that's a new category. Investments have changed quite a bit. Real estate trusts, real estate investment trusts or REITs, we know them as within the profession, uh, allow, allow consumers and investors to buy into real estate portfolios. That gained a lot of popularity, especially as some tax incentives took place and became more well-known. What's crazy is TikTok and cryptocurrency have changed the way that young people, uh, millennials and Gen Zs, look at real estate investing. Crowdfunding has become and emerged as a, a new attractive source. You're seeing fractional ownerships become more of a realization for individual consumers who want to invest as little as $500 to $5,000. You can become a real estate investor for little to no money up front, pooling resources and getting part of something bigger. Even if it starts as a small piece, you're building into something bigger. What has been really fun to watch has been the evolution of tokenization in real estate and cryptocurrency where you can open an application and buy a piece of a commercial property from the Plaid integration with your Chase Bank or with your Zelle or with your crypto wallet. That's been an interesting piece to watch. Crypto a little bit more lately than others, but you know we'll see where that train takes us in the future. Uh, I think that these ideas, the tokenization and the fractionalized real estate are going to gain more mainstream momentum. So again, this is one of those times where you want to educate now before it becomes mainstream because those who get in at the beginning of some of these ideas are the ones who truly benefit in the end. Moving on to regulations that have changed and, and risks that are, are within our profession. Let's talk about regulations first. Uh, what we learned in response to 2008 is some changes in, in the governance and the legislation needed to be changed to make sure that we didn't get to this point again. So the Dodd-Frank Act, which was passed in response to the 2008 crisis, changed the rules of mortgage lending that I alluded to previously. 
Uh, it changed the way that real estate transactions are looked at, the disclosures to consumers. Um, local state governments implemented new regulations, new zoning and building codes, and, and even limitations in property taxes. Regulations will always change. If there's one constant, constant in the real estate profession, it's that nothing stays the same. Things are always changing, which brings back the importance of always needing to stay educated and up on your profession, up on the rules, up on the way things are done, the policies, the procedures, etc. The biggest piece that we have seen lately, maybe not such a regulation change, but a risk to our industry or our profession. There I go, catch myself again, geez. Uh, are the disruptors where you've seen outside companies come in and try and quote unquote, replace the role of the realtor. And you know what they found really quickly? You can't. You can't change the human element that is the realtor's interaction with their consumer, with their customer, with the buyer or seller who are emotionally going through the largest purchase of their life and need somebody to help guide them through. No machine can do that. No automated valuation model can replace the personal impact and the touch and the look and the feel of what an agent can do with a seller who's downsizing or becoming an empty nester, moving on to their next stage in life. Only a realtor can, can guide them through that process. Only a realtor can help them overcome the emotions and not make an emotionally charged decision, but the right financial decision for their family. Only a realtor can help the buyer, their first time buying a home, make a smart move and not be taken advantage on property value, on the area that they're moving into, on the process itself, not knowing what's coming next. That will always be there. That human element will always be there. What can change are some pieces of our industry, but it's important that we don't stick our arm up and give it the Heisman. It's important that we embrace it, bring it in, and see how we can leverage it, but tread lightly. Understand the impact, but understand the risk before you implement it and jump feet first. I am one of those people, you're listening to this on a podcast right now, but I'm one of these people that are influenced by outside sources. So we ask this on every podcast. We ask every guest, who are some influential speakers? Who are some influential podcasts that you listen to? And, and what are you really focusing on? So I'll give you that right here. I'll give you mine. You've heard this one on, on a previous episode, but I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee, not only because of his outlook and what he's done and accomplished as an individual in his life, but the way that he gets the point across, I wish I could be as unfiltered as Gary Vee, getting up on stage in front of 10,000 people and dropping F-bombs to emphasize my point. I'm not there yet. Maybe one day we will, and you'll see me do it. You'll see me show up on stage in a white t-shirt pulling my best Gary Vee, but not right now. I love the ideas he takes and the ideas that he provides, and if you can take one of his ideas and run with it and apply it to your business, I have seen the success that comes out of that. I have seen the impact it can have not only on my business, but on those around me. Take some time and go through his vlog, his video log on his YouTube channel. Super impactful. Uh, the next podcast I listen to is the Tim Ferriss Show. Uh, Ferriss with two R's and two S's. F-E-R-R-I-S-S. And it has absolutely zero to do with real estate. It's all about motivation and the business mindset coming in every day, trying to do something today that can impact your business tomorrow. Because Rome wasn't built in a day. What you're going to do today will not pay dividends today. 
It might pay dividends tomorrow, in a week, in a month. But as long as you are coming in every single day trying to make something happen for the future, something will happen. Don't bog yourself down in operating your business that you're not doing anything to generate for it in the future. There's that stupid 80-20 rule. Don't want to call it stupid. It's not realistic to spend 80% of your time operating your business and 20% thinking about it. But make sure you think about it some portion of the time. Maybe it's driving. Driving is a big brainstorming time for me. Sitting in the car, getting some windshield time, and just focusing. Not being on the phone, not texting, not jamming out to music. Okay, well, we jam out to music sometimes. But thinking in the car while you're driving is tremendously impactful. And then write it down. Don't forget. Write it down. Send yourself a text. Send yourself an email. The email is the way that I go. It's kind of my to-do list. My inbox is my to-do list. So if you want me to do something, email it to me. It'll get done. Uh, speakers outside of podcasts. I know this might sound a little cliche, but I like Tony Robbins. Sometimes we all just need a kick in the butt. And Tony Robbins certainly does that. I will never forget Tony Robbins for his role in the movie Shallow Howl with Jack Black. And I can't ever get that look and that conversation on the elevator out of my head. But what he did was subconsciously what we all want to get out of Tony Robbins. He reprogrammed that man in that movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch the clip on YouTube. Don't watch the whole movie. It's not worth it. Go watch the clip on YouTube, Shallow Howl, Tony Robbins, and you'll see what he does to Jack Black. He changes his mentality and the way that he looks at other people. And sometimes we all need a little bit of that. And Tony Robbins provides that to me. Uh, the other speaker I really enjoy is Les Brown, L-E-S Brown. Again, all about mindset, business, motivation, getting up in the morning and saying, I'm doing this today. And at the end of the day, I hate to, I hate to curse on the episode, but I'm going to do it because there's no other way to make an impact. Get done. That's what Les Brown is about. That's how you're going to move forward. It's even written on my wall in the office. If I could show it to you, I absolutely would. One last piece I want to leave you with, if you've got absolutely nothing else out of this, is surround yourself with people who live the life that you want to enjoy and make that person your mentor. Ask them questions. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Whether that's getting up, getting out, and talking to new people, if that's asking questions to a mentor who's already found success, or just asking questions to somebody you just met. They may not be a mentor, but you can learn something for everyone. What am I focused on for the future? I'm looking to continue to grow. We can all learn something more and more and improve the person I am, improve the leader that I have become, and continue to make an impact on this beautiful world we call the real estate profession. And that is noble.